0: Welcome to the Wild Abide Podcast. I'm your host, Olivia Alness. I am so excited to lead you on this journey of shaking off shame, stirring up hope, and running after our dreams together. Let's go. Hi, Krista. Welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Fantastic. I'm so excited to be here. I am so excited to have you here, too. Would you tell our listener a little bit about yourself and Live Salted and what you guys are all about? You
1: betcha. Well, I currently live in Seattle, Washington, a land that is usually covered in a lot of rain, but currently it's sunny outside and it was snowing the other day, which is really fun. Uh, I'm 25 and I live in a house full of six girls. It's really fun navigating this post-grad young adulthood, Yeah, um, like-minded people who are some people in corporate America, some people who are in ministry, some who are working with the underprivileged in our area. It's a very cool situation to be living in. And I'm very thankful for it. Um, but my heart is for the hungry ones. So I, myself, was a lonely freshman at some point in college. and I felt super alone and isolated in my faith and didn't really feel like I had support, whether that was mentors or good curriculum to go through or courses or way to guide and myself through the Bible. And my passion is to meet people like that, like myself, where they are and to run with them and to encourage them and tell them that all of the Lord pursuing him is so worth it. And so the hungry ones, the gatekeepers, the torchbearers, the lights, those who just want more of God, I'm all about you. So Live Salted is a ministry that creates content. We create courses and curriculum. We create spaces through events to really see people as they are and call them to more. Um, But not just a sense of like doing more and accomplishing more. It's the more idea of intimacy with God. Because unless you know how to hear his voice and walk closely with him, when you find yourselves in your calling, doing your dreams, pursuing God's put on your heart, if you can't hear his voice, you're going to get stuck. And so it all starts from intimacy first, and then from the intimacy into boldness. And that's kind of what we want to cultivate through our ministry.
0: I love that. I am so about everything that you guys are doing. It is so cool to see God just like moving in and through you. And so much of the content you're putting out there and the resources that you're creating are just so needed. And it's so cool to see other people creating those. And one of the fun things that you did recently is you put on a conference in New Zealand, of all places. Oh, we did. It's just so cool. I just want to hear a little bit about how that happened and how did you see God show up in that process? Totally. So Libby, when I first looked at your stuff, I
1: loved the shirt you're currently wearing, which our listeners can't hear, but it says, get your hopes up. And I am so about that. I'm a dreamer myself and it's just fun when you get an idea and you're like, maybe who knows with God, this could be possible yeah and so through a lot of only god orchestrated events i have a community of friends over in new zealand who mean the absolute world to me and who god provided um and brought to my attention in a space when i really just needed to have friends they model community really well this group of people guys and girls who do life together and i've always wanted to have that give me vision and eyes for what it could look like where i now get to live with it here in seattle um that's all the background story we got a conference over to New Zealand because of this wonderful girl named Emma um she lives down in Wellington New Zealand and she's one of those people who I like to call gatekeepers those people who when they get an idea they open up the gates just to make it happen and so she was able to experience a conference in America firsthand and what she experienced something that she wanted to share with everyone else around her and so One day, her and I were dreaming. We're like, how cool would it be to go take a group of girls over there for spring break and put on a conference in your hometown? Like, maybe one day it'll happen. And it happened. And so we got 14 girls to fundraise over $26,000 to cover the cost of travel and, like, car rentals and hotels and all that kind of stuff while actually in-country and all the conference costs. You can put on an event for 80 women of all ages. It was crazy. They had people there who were in their 70s. And, um, it was absolutely amazing to kind of just see how God showed up and how God used us. And it honestly gave me a new perspective about being a missionary means in the sense Mm. that I think that words oftentimes has been hijacked through long skirts and like super hot climates and like just teaching the gospel flat out, um, for the first time, which are all beautiful elements of what a missionary can be, but it's not the only way a missionary can function. Um, I now believe that a missionary is a person who carries a unique aspect or an element of what, of who God is and gets to release that element of who God is in different places. And so we got to go over there and carry the word or carry the, um, message of even when, which is our conference theme for this last Mm -hmm. year and go over there and share that with them and release and spark up a new depth of faith. In all circumstances, God is good. He is for us. He's never allowed to fr- leave us or forsake us. And that um, with Him, we can do all things. So it was an absolutely incredible experience. And I really hope to go back at some point. Um, yeah, such a blessing.
0: That is so cool. There are a million like side questions that popped into my head as you were talking. <laughs> um, but just one thing that stood out was you said that you you know, had women there from all sorts of different yeah. age demographics. And what was it like for you being someone in your mid twenties, speaking into life situations that you haven't personally gone through? Yeah, it's a great question. Literally,
1: we had no idea we we're going to have like older women who are in the, in the crowd and I'm 25 and I was the oldest one teaching on stage. Um, we had we had spiritual mothers who were in the crowd. I think when you are teaching, you need to have yeah. leadership and you need to have um, history. And so we had people who had history in the room, but I was the oldest one on stage who actually was teaching. And it was this moment when I realized that it doesn't really matter how old you are if you're talking about God's character because his character transcends all ages, all ethnicities, all hometowns, all cultures, his character never changes. And so when you're rooted on just talking about who God is and who he calls us, you talk to anyone. And obviously like the depth of your faith and your experience comes from history and time. And so um, that was one of the cool things for us personally, as us younger folk where. um, at the end of the conference, we have a time when we have declarations and people in the crowd say, even when da-da-da, God is da-da-da. And it was so moving to hear these women be like, even when my kids are not walking with the Lord, I know God still has them. Or Like, even when I've lost my husband, I know I'm not alone. And it's just stuff yeah. that when you're in your 20s, you can't even fathom what happens like when yeah. you're older in life. And we were like, "I God is still faithful even after a breakup," which is a huge deal. That's what I went through, and totally. it's a nice deal, and it's still important. But to be able to be blessed with the presence of older ladies sharing about what they experienced in life was so moving.
0: That is so good. I know I've had a lot of the similar experiences with older women in um, events or workshops that I have done, and. Just being reminded that like, yeah, I might not have kids. I might not understand some of these things. But if the point is who God is, then a lot of the other stuff just doesn't matter as much. And people get to experience God for themselves and apply it to their their lives and where they're at. And I want to move into talking a little bit about this reflect and expect guide that you have. Because as soon as I saw it, that's when I was like, okay, I got to get Krista on the podcast. Because Woo-hoo! it was like, oh, this is such a similar heart to what like I get to lead women through with the Define Your Dreams workshop. And I am so about finding tools that help us process our year and move into the next I think it's so valuable and I love that you have listening prayers involved in it too which is something I love Um, so I just want to hear what prompted you to create this tool totally it's two parts I would say
1: the first part is that I wanted it I remember very clearly years ago I moved to Seattle and I was like I need to process my life and what happened in this last year I found myself like trying to figure out how to process, which is like, how do you even look back over an entire year and look at Mm -hmm. it from the spiritual and wellness and community and relationship and all those fronts. And so I wanted the tool (laughs) one. Uh, And that's more of the, like the tangible side of things. The, The second reason, which I think honestly ended up trumping first reason and actually gave me the endurance to finish the course was a personal conviction that I have lived a lot of 2019 unaware of what God's done for me and out of an ungrateful heart. And it moved me to tears on Christmas Eve service when I was just wrecked by how much he has provided for me in all situations. And his character just hit me of like, not for one time in my life has he ever forsaken me or left my side. And yet all the times that I questioned, I doubted, or I was stuck in whatever thought pattern of an insecurity or a lie or a fear. And it made me really sad. And so I wanted to create a tool that wasn't just about reflecting over the tangible parts of like, I moved here, I did this, I accomplished that, which is great. God rested on seventh day and looked at all that he did and said that it was good. It's like, it's good to do that, but I wanted to be able to stop and be like, Lord, where did I overlook your presence and where do I need to give you glory and honor for how incredible you are in my life? And then from the recognition, how that can make me even more expectant to see him work in my life in 2020.
0: That is so good. So the next question that you kind of started touching on is like, what can people expect from this guide? Like, what is it that you really want them to take away and be able to run with and also even just like, how is it laid out? Tell us a little bit about that side. Yeah.
1: You can expect the typical like reflection activity. So for part one and part three, um, so part one and part two are all about reflecting and part two or part three and part four are all about looking forward to 2020. And so the first part of both of those sections is more so activity based. So you're filling in a calendar for the last year, filling an account of what you know is going to happen next year you're being asked questions or being given space to be thankful for things in different categories of your life, such as friends and community and relationships and work and job and God. Um, and then one of my favorite parts when it comes to the tangible side of reflecting though, is in our expect part three, um, when I was praying through this processing through what we wanted to create um, the story of um, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar hit me i uh, preached on that story last year for a little bit i love his story but what shocks me every single time is obviously this man is blind right he can't see and he's begging for the lord to heal him and when jesus gets his attention and he comes to him jesus is like what do you want and if you think about it you're like duh god he wants to see like what kind of stupid question are you asking him but then you realize that God asks us questions that we actually know what we want. So when he provides the solution or the answer, he gives provision for it. We can give him all the credit for it. And so this expect part three is all about what do you want? It's like us asking you questions, mm-hmm. like, what do you want? So you can actually be aware of it and start praying into it, so when God does provide and whatever his provision looks like. could be a yes, a no, a maybe, or like a different path. You can give him glory and credit for it. So I loved that part and it was like super fun to go through. And outside of those kind of parts, the listening prayers are, I believe, truly divine. Um, There is something so special that I feel when I make these videos. Um, I feel like I kind of can get into the the heart posture of God looking at his children. So I feel like with listening prayers, sometimes it can feel super intimidating as creating space for like a 20 to 30 minute video um, where you don't really know what's going to be asked of you is vulnerable because it is like when you come and you're naked yeah. and ashamed in front of the Lord, you don't always going to say to you, like, it's a pretty scary thing. I and mean, you also, you have the fear of him not speaking at all to you. It's even mm-hmm. kind of more scary. If you have the shame with that, which hopefully isn't there because there's no pressure on the situations at all. Um, but my heart posture with this really is, I think the Lord's for his children. And the first video is all about asking God to reveal what you took on in 2019 that you weren't supposed to take on. So what lie, insecurity, fear, or doubt, you're like living still attached to you and how God wants to give you freedom from that. So you can go into 2020, with a lot more freedom. Um, And then part four listening prayer is all about asking God to give us his God-sized dreams that are only attainable with his provision. But I truly believe that you can't dream um, if there's any bitterness inside of you we don't know your true identity or God's true identity. And so the first part of the prayer is all about asking God to reveal to you in this moment who he wants you to see him as, and then also how he wants you to view be yourself. Because once you know who God is and once you know who you are in his eyes, that's when you realize the power of the Holy Spirit's on you and you can do literally anything that God's calling you to do because he's backing you up for it.
0: Yes, that is so good. I know in my own life, there's been a few things lately that I have been – Reflecting on and praying throughout that and like, God, I need you to change my heart posture and where I'm at um, so that I can actually receive solutions because sometimes we get into a place where we can be really closed off to actually God bringing about solutions because we want to be frustrated. We want to be offended. We want to just quit and sometimes staying in a place where we're actually like wanting to see God show up can be kind of difficult. And so I love that you're walking through that. What are you holding on to? What have you been taking on that doesn't belong to you? What is God saying about you? Those are just such pivotal things that I think we could come back to like time and time again in our life. And they like are still important. Like they never really get super old.
1: Yes, was so true.
0: So a huge part of your ministry, your heart, even the Reflect and Expect Guide, um, it has to do with knowing your identity. So how do struggles with identity impact our ability to dream?
1: Yes, that's a good question. I feel like when I was starting off to be a dreamer, I think I had this sensation that I needed to know what um, area of life I wanted to dream in. If it was a career path, I was like, what career path do I want to kind of be in? How can I dream in that career path? Where are my skills? What can I dream and my skill sets that I can like accomplish on the road? And recently I've been realizing that, like I said earlier on, you can't dream in your earthly identity until you know your kingdom identity. And it's like, if you want to go start a ministry or a business or a nonprofit, or you want to be studying for some, whatever it is to get the next level of um, qualifications to do a job or a career. If you don't truly believe that God is who God says that he is and that he's going to walk with you through all of those things, I don't think you understand the true limitless opportunities that you can step into with God. And so I think identity, it's all about dreaming. Like until you can see yourself through God's perspective that he calls you qualified, even though you're probably not qualified because I swear when you do your, when you step into the dreams that you want to accomplish, you're going to have imposter syndrome, which means you're doing stuff that you don't feel like you're qualified to do because you're not. <laughs> like, yeah. God is the reason why you're qualified. But if you don't understand that comes from the Lord, you're going to get down on yourself. You're going to question yourself and you're going to not have the strength and endurance to keep going after it. And so identity has everything to do with it, but it's your kingdom identity. It's not your earthly identity.
0: So what do you think are the biggest lies that are holding back our generation from all that God has for us? I would say, which might sound like a cliche
1: answer, but I think it is really the truth that we're just not enough. Like Mm
0: -hmm. whether
1: it's we're not organized enough as we're trying to do something and so you have shame around not running your company well or running your work and life balance well. Um, If you're not qualified enough, you're not smart enough, you're not cute enough for Instagram, if you're not like influential enough with your number of likes on something or whatever you're not going to write, like whatever the enough thing is, I think that is a huge one for actually getting into a dream or into going after what God's put on your heart. But I think the lie that kicks us out of doing what God's called us to do a lot, and I feel this one the most, that it's not worth it. Um, Hmm. I hear that one in my head almost every single day to the point where I have a post note that says hashtag worth it on my desk because... I love that. Because it is, it's like when you sit here and you're just working on the back end of growing something, you're like, no one's looking at this. No one's being impacted by it. It's not even worth it. Like, I should just quit now. Like, There's just no reason I should get a normal job. They pay me. I know it's for a bigger purpose that I don't really care about, but I know it's like furthering something down the road. And so I just think the lie of being worth it is the biggest thing that kicks you out because the enemy is scared. He doesn't want you to do what kingdom work you're doing real quick, when I say kingdom work, I'm not just meaning ministry work. I'm talking, you can be a CEO of a company or you can be working at a cafe. You can be working at Amazon, doing a startup job at a recruiting firm. Like whatever you are doing is kingdom work.
0: Yes. So
1: it is worth it. It is worth it to show up every single day and asking the Lord, how can I be more Christ like in this space? But that's the biggest lie. It's not worth it. And if you're out of scripture, you're not reading the Bible, you're probably going to hear that lie a lot and you might even believe it and stop doing what God's called you to do.
0: Oof, that is like so convicting in my own life because just walking through different seasons of pursuing both different ministry and you know, business things and that is a lie that comes up so often and I feel like it's one that people don't talk about very often. Yeah. Like, I don't hear a lot of people talking about that lie that it's just, it's not worth it, that it's not going to make a difference or just move on, like, get a real job or, you know, why don't you just, even I think, you know, in terms of, I think of like seasons of singleness or when you're single, it can be easy to feel like, okay, this, maybe like dating, like, this does not feel worth it. Like, boys are stupid screw this and it could be literally anything in our life that god might have something really amazing for us in the middle of a lot of the perseverance and mundane and all those little steps on repeat Mm -hmm. but that is such a lie that gets us to quit or even volunteering at our own church it does or volunteering with underprivileged anything Like, it is so easy to believe that it's not worth it. How do you combat that lie personally? I have to read scripture. Yeah.
1: Like, I'll talk to friends and they'll encourage me. or I'll get a really encouraging DM back or I'll get an email. I got an email this morning and it lit up my life. But those are all temporary fixes. Mm -hmm. And so it's only when I'm reminded of the kingdom that I'm a part of and the team that I'm fighting for that's the only thing that actually gets me back into the mindset that it is worth it. If one person finds freedom and salvation for the first time, it's all worth it. But yeah. it has to be taken in perspective or it won't, it won't last. It won't have to give you any worth or any like lasting endurance.
0: Do you have any particular like passages or stories or anything like that that you go to kind of like time and time again when you're feeling discouraged about the work that you're doing? That's such a good question. I should make some sort of like little call sheet of like, these are the verses that make
1: me feel super like authoritative and feeling the power of the kingdom on me. I don't have a list of things. There are a few verses. I don't know by, by memory, but there's one in Hebrews about having an unshakable, um, inheritance in the, like in, in heaven. And I'm like, dang, I'm working for a kingdom and for a world that is unshakable. Like, yeah, anything that happens in this planet on this earth isn't going to really impact me besides what i do that has like kingdom value the holy spirit came upon the people and they were able to do more than god ever or Jesus ever accomplished and you're like oh my gosh like this is so much bigger than myself yeah so i'm really reading any of the stories in the bible most of the new testament but also actually not even that all the old testament is about noah He freaking built an ark in the middle of nowhere. There's no water and his faith is what saved all of humanity. Like you read any of those stories and you're like, the story is so much bigger than myself.
0: Yes, we are in a story so much bigger than ourselves and so much bigger than our own lives. Mm -hmm. And it is a great thing to be a part of. It takes a lot of the pressure off of us, but also invites us into something that's so so wonderful. And it's eternal. Freaking yay.
1: Oh, I wish I could just live more so in that expectancy of God's second coming. I think it would literally change everything.
0: Yes. Working on it. Same. So let's go into our little rapid fire section. Yes. And tell me all the fun things. So as a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I honestly
1: don't have an answer for this, but if I were to guess at this point in my life, I'd probably say that I'd want to be a professional outside game player. Cute. We play outside in the cul-de-sac all the time. and I would just want to be out there 24-7 playing games.
0: What was your go-to game? Um, we play this, or capture the flag or kick the yeah. game.
1: Any of those fun ones.
0: I love it. How is your life today different than what you dreamed it would be in college? I never thought I'd be in ministry
1: period. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that I would be the one who would be helping people make their dreams a reality. I always wanted to have a consulting firm in a tree house because you had to climb the ladder of ingenuity to get up there. That's so cool. (laughs) One day I'll have an office in a tree house. I still can see it happening, but I never thought I'd be in ministry doing this.
0: That's so cool. So if you could give your 20-year-old self any advice, what would it be? I think I would tell my 20-year-old self Outside of spiritual
1: advice, number one thing, pursue Jesus more. You'll never regret pursuing the Lord. Um, but I would say, do what you want to do. You me do it alone. Like, I remember so often in college when you were a freshman, like, oh, I do not want to go check out this new club or that event by myself. But, like, you don't need other people. Like, if you want to stand out in this world, if you want to be the next Martin Luther King, Mother Teresa, like, those those people stand by themselves. You don't want to blend in. You don't want to like fade into the crowd. Do the things that you want to do even when it's by yourself.
0: So good. What is a fun random dream that you have for the future?
1: Oh, I think about this all the time. I want to get hang gliding certified.
0: Oh, that'd be so cool
1: i hike all the time and the thought of being able to run off the top of a mountain peak that i run or hike up would be like the dopest thing ever and to fly would be so cool
0: (laughs) i love that i have a hang gliding on my bucket list i think i saw i think i was seeing like rio and they were like someone was hang gliding in brazil by the by the giant jesus statue yeah like, oh my gosh, it would be so cool to just fly through the air over, like, a lush rainforest and a giant Jesus statue and just, like, this. I can picture it.
1: That would be, like, absolutely amazing. The wind in your hair. Yeah. Oh, I think it would be so rad.
0: I'm here for it. So we're going to have to meet up someday and um, go hang gliding. You're in Rio. We'll go down the yeah. visit. Perfect. I love it. So our last little question is just where can people find you online? How do they connect and hear more about you and live salted
1: totally so you can follow us on instagram at live salted not live salted but remember help you remember what it is it's live salted um and then fun fact we're launching our new brand and a new website and blog on february 21st and so exciting our we website but it's a really ugly landing page right now so you can check it out but we will have a brand new revamped website on february 21st that we're very excited
0: about and you guys have a lot of stuff in your archives and your blog. I was looking through it the other day I was like, you guys have a lot. So people can always dig through that if they want to mm-hmm. read and hear, see photos from New Zealand, all the fun things. There actually is a lot of good stuff in there. There really is. Yeah. So thank you so much. I so appreciate everything that you just carried and Specifically, just your passion for the Lord, for closeness with Him, and for making Him known to people is just absolutely beautiful. And I know that our listeners are going to be so blessed by your wisdom and your spirit. So thank Aww. you.
1: Wow. Thank you so much. I hope everyone has um, some sort of takeaway they can apply to their lives from this conversation. Because it's all about hearing and doing. We want to actually be women who go out there or men who go out there and just do what God is putting on our heart to do, whether that means sitting with Him and just being with Him or actually going and doing and dreaming. and.
0: If you enjoyed today's conversation half as much as I did, I just challenge you to go follow Live Salted, connect with them there, but also subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and review. And if you wouldn't mind, just screenshot this episode and share it to your Instagram stories. It helps us to connect with more people. I don't know about you, but one of my biggest takeaways from this podcast episode was just this concept of it being worth it. So if you decide to post a sticky note somewhere in your life with hashtag worth it, would you just take a photo of where it is and tag at wild abide and at live salted. until next week.